Hey, Jay. Hey, Tyler. How are you doing? I am just feeling uh, renewed and refreshed. So are, is the uh, Christmas season the, the week between? I, li- I like referring to this week specifically as the week between. Mm-hmm. How has it been? It, it, it is great. Let me, let me, this is my little secret. Uh, it, it, it is one of those moments in life that I look like I'm acting altruistically yeah. and I'm not. Yeah. Uh, but our big, huge church has yeah. multiple staff, yep. and everybody wants this week as their vacation week. Yeah. And I always say, no, you know what, guys? I'll take one for the team. You guys I'll come go. in. I'll come in and we work. We talked about this. I can't remember if it was on the episode or just in real life. Yeah. Where w- working during this week is great because nothing happens. It's the best. Yeah. No one's here. Yeah. No one bothers you. Well, and at my church, and when we talked about this before, if this is on the podcast before, we apologize. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we're losing track now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's nice because we were in the week between. Um, <laughs> that the church office is closed. And yeah. so, like, it's even, like, I'm just, like, in town and available, but... There's nothing going on, and our our church is small enough that nothing is happening. And even at a big church, nothing really happens nope. in the week between. There's the, the my one responsibility is the deacons deliver poinsettias to shut-ins and and yeah. folks that are ill. I need to make sure that people can get in and get their poinsettias. Oh, so you just like here at the church with the door unlocked. I'm essentially the doorman. Yeah, uh, nice. at, at the Westminster Presbyterian Church, and it's glorious. I sit. I get more creative work done yeah. in the week between. Oh yeah. Then a work day when no one else is there is so productive. It's pretty exciting. It's beautiful. Yeah. Just okay. beautiful. Well, I have a good question for you. I hope I have a good answer. Okay. So we are on New Year's Eve. Eve. Yes. Uh, currently. Party on, Wayne. <laughs> Party on, Garth. Uh, my question for you is what is your, do you have any typical New Year's traditions? How do you typically, what is the typical fire family and or just Jay Fryer? Yeah. What do you what do you need to have to usually do on New Year's Eve? Nothing. N- nothing like you sit and I, in a bed and stare at the wall. I have always struggled with this holiday for for many many reasons. One is and I, also into Christmas. I mean New Year's Day. So yeah. either of those like right. I crave sleep. Yeah. So much that the idea of staying up till midnight on purpose eludes me oh, like i just don't understand why you need we to have a full-on conversation about this because i am the polar opposite oh of my that. gosh if i there have been times especially since we need the, to do a I, we say this all the time yeah. about how oh we need to do an episode on uh, garfield or something yeah. like random that we're never going to do we do need to do an episode on sleep yeah have we done an episode on sleep i don't know that we have i don't <laughs> think so i can't even remember yeah, what we've done anymore we need new memories yeah but i because i i don't think you've ever articulated that that the, you desire sleep and staying oh. up late is the worst thing possible. And, and specifically, not even sleeping in. It is It is a direct, I am a morning person, mm-hmm. so I will get up early in the mornings. Mm-hmm. But to do that mm-hmm. requires me to go to bed early at night. Yeah. Uh, so, I think I said before that I, I have the, the dual problem of I love being up late and I, I like being up early. Yeah. And Which so I don't like don't I don't like getting up early, but when I have to be up early, I I love the I love the fringes of the day. Yeah, I love when you can borrow. It's like stolen time yeah. when before anybody's there. We did talk about that at some point. Yeah, yeah. somewhere in there. Yeah. But but so one of my more recent traditions since I got ordained again, this felt altruistic, and it's mm. not. Mm. Uh, our church does a New Year's Eve communion service. Oh boy. <laughs> No, it's great. Is it? It is for me. <laughs> okay. Because uh, it is as close to like just small church as I've ever oh, been okay. in okay. my life. 
I just sorry, my cynicism was just about like how churches churches have the propensity to just put services new services on well, no. secular holidays. Here's what we do: like and a I, Thanksgiving Eve service. I absolutely love this little service because yeah. uh, it's just me, okay. no music, yeah, no liturgy, nothing, no congregation, just you. Sometimes nice. because it's drop in, drop out. Yeah. Oh, um, oh nice, nice, nice. So people come six thirty to seven thirty. Yeah. That's how I run the thing. Yeah. Uh, they come in and we have these little just like here's some prayers you can think about. Here's some scripture you can read. The time is yours mm-hmm. and the chapel's open. And when you're ready, come up front. I'll meet you and just serve communion. And that's it. Oh, you just serve communion. Just serve communion. Oh, no nice. sermon, no music, Ooh, no like hymns, that. no nothing. I wish I had thought about that for this year. It's too late. <laughs> I like that. That's a neat. That's a neat concept. Yeah, yeah. And that's the. That's just perfect for me. It's just me. It's just uh, the folks that show up. Uh, a lot of the folks that show up. I don't know why this is true, or if there's a causality to this, but it tends to be the people that have been through the most in, in the yeah. last year. Yeah. Show up for this thing as yeah. if they need a refresh or restart. Um, so there's a great opportunity to pray with folk while they're there. Like it's not at a church like this. You think you hear like New Year's Eve communion service. You think it's yeah. a production. Yep. It's not that it's yeah. the anti that the doors are unlocked. Yeah. It's just one step away from people picking up poinsettias. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, essentially. They're yeah. Coming in to pick up communion. And I, 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 uh, I, I think it's just absolutely great. Um, so that's my new tradition is I do that and come home and I'm usually in bed by like 10. Man. Um, so I, I, I don't really care to be up and see. I might this year though. 2019 was bad enough that I'm excited wanna, to light that sucker on fire <laughs> and shove it out the door. So my big thing, we have never I've never been a big party person. Uh-huh. Um I that's where the uh, the INFP part comes in. The eye shines bright on uh on New Year's Eve. I my tradition since I was probably 15 since as long as I can remember them doing this. The Sci-Fi Channel has always had a Twilight Zone marathon. For the 48 hours surrounding New Year's Eve, New yeah. Year's Day, so it's all New Year's Eve and only New Year's Day. And uh, I don't even know if they still have it. I don't have. I haven't had sci-fi for a while, but I just I have all the Twilight Zones. Nice. Uh, I had them either for a while. We had they were on Hulu or something like that, and then I just got the box set because it was on sale one time. Um, and so we just watched Twilight Zone all day. And uh, like we don't watch. I don't really watch college football because no. I, I wish I cared about it. I just don't. Yeah, uh, I care about pro football. I just don't care. There's just too many, too many teams. I don't know all the teams. I'm even kind of centered on my team. Yeah, and I make it maybe half a season yeah. before I'm just like. I wish. Eh. I, I, I mean, it's fun. I love watching football, and I, I can watch any any pro team, and I would love to watch college football. I just don't care. Yeah. Um. So that we, uh, my wife and I, will watch a bunch of Twilight Zone episodes. Like just in recent years, we've been invited to people. Like we've gone. To a couple of parties, but even those are kind of lame. And then uh, in recent years, we just, uh, a couple of families will get together and we will have our kids and we will stay until about 10 <laughs> or maybe even nine. Like, and then we just kind of fabricate a, like, we just have a countdown and the kids yeah. don't necessarily know that you're supposed <laughs> to count at midnight. We just like, when it's two, when it's like half an hour later, then they usually stay up. We have a countdown uh, and Netflix has done a really cool thing where they have like a bunch of kids countdowns of the Netflix shows. And so yeah. you can pick your flavor. And it'll just be a little, like a two minute thing of like saying, "All right, everybody, we're ready to count." And then it'll count. I don't know who that guy was, but um, <laughs> but he, he's convincing. Yeah, yeah, and then they count down, and the kids get real excited, and then we just pack it up and leave. And so uh, that's the closest we've come where we do. And and then we'll get to my house. I mean, like we'll get the kids in bed, and Adrian and I will watch Twilight Zone for a little bit, 
and she'll usually go to bed before midnight and then I'll stay up and just watch the ball drop. Yeah. And that's it. And I used to stay up and then watch like MTV would always have a band do a cover song. It was really interesting because they'd always do really interesting choices. Like, so they would have like Limp Biscuit <laughs> sing some song. Like, it was it got lame once you got to Limp Biscuit and stuff. But in yeah. the mid nineties, early no doubt early did 90s, something. Yeah, that was and it kind was, of, they were really really neat. Like, yeah. it was just like whatever the hot band of the year was would be in studio. It was during the TRL era. So if yeah. you don't know what we're talking about, boy, that's a whole thing. That really is. TRL was this whole thing. Total Crest Live. It was a big zeitgeisty moment that just disappeared. Yeah. Uh, Almost but, as quickly as it came. Yeah, so I would flip back and forth between the Dick Clark Rockin' New Year's Eve, which is what Ryan uh, Seacrest does now, yeah. and just to watch the ball drop. And then I go immediately to MTV, watch that, and then I go back to the Twilight Zone. And now I don't even, I don't even know the last time I watched the ball drop. So two two stories to to close this little section up. But but um, number one, remember Y2K? Yeah. For any of you younger oh, listeners, it was so great. Uh, there was a fear. That legitimate, the whole yeah. world lost their mind. Right, there was in a, a way that I can't remember has happened since then. Like that, no, it's if you did not have awareness of it happening, like if you weren't old enough to be aware of it happening, it's hard to rem- even having been aware of it. Like I was twenty, yeah, I still can barely believe that we were that crazy about something oh, so stupid. We were insane. So yeah. the the thought was that when the year flipped to twenty or to two thousand. That our computers in their their dating systems wouldn't be able to keep up with because all the computer programmers had saved digits because digits were really precious in their code by just doing two digits for years instead of four. Right. Because at that point they didn't they weren't thinking thirty years into the future. Right. The only one who didn't do that was Apple computers. See. And so Apple had this whole marketing campaign at that point about how like all the computers in the world are going to go down except for Apple computers. Oh. They're going to be totally fine. It was such a like Apple ads love being pretentious, and this was one of the most deliciously yeah. pretentious ones. Of like, look how dumb everybody is, except for uh, us. Yeah. And it's true. Like as an Apple owner, I was like, glad my computer's not going to be broken. It's but, be great. But it was truly like people feared Armageddon. That like, oh, that like all of the nuclear anything controlled by a computer was just going to blow up. Right. Or just instantly. Like, yeah, it was going to reboot, meltdown, and like all the things that were automated, like all the money was going to go away. All the banks would shut down. Yeah. Chaos. And so there was this Chaos. Y2K compliance where everyone was really trying to, and it's like they only thought of it like six months before. Yeah, right. <laughs> like, Kevin, it was really, it was crazy. So I am at a friend's house uh, on New Year's Eve, 99 into 2000. And at this point, you know, New Year's Eve actually strikes other parts of the world before it strikes America. Yeah. So we, we all kind of knew that Y2K was not a thing. Like yeah. it was not going to be a problem. But my friend's parents didn't know that, and they were still concerned. So, well, in the, if you're in the East Coast, there was legitimate things like it. Other places are fine, but America's different, right? Because we have so much more. So we were watching Dick Clark down in the basement, yeah. And the idea struck us right before it, it was perfect timing. Uh, we were watching Dick Clark at, huddled around the uh, fuse box. And so the minute it got to year 2000, we killed the power to the whole house and listened to my friend's mother lose her mind. She like grab a shotgun and break all the windows. Yeah, it was like terrifyingly like, this is it! They're coming! Get the... Get the doomsday prepper kit. Oh, yeah, oh, man. It was lovely. So what did, what happened when you turned the lights back on? Did they... I think he was they... grounded for a while. <laughs> yeah. I think he got in trouble. The irony is that uh, that's the plot of almost every Twilight Zone episode. <laughs> <laughs> 
So that's what I watch every year. And I and again, this year, I mean, it starts tomorrow. I'll yeah. be watching Twilight Zone as much as I can. And again, even though it doesn't, it's not the marathon anymore, I feel obligated. I'll just be watching them on iTunes. As you should, yeah. Yeah, I love the Twilight Zone. But it's then here's great. my other thing, and I know I'm stealing it from a meme. I'm okay. I'm shamelessly stealing this. Go for it. That's what memes are for. I think Barbara Walters should host New Year's Eve uh, so that when the ball drops, she can look into the camera and say... <laughs> I'm Barbara Walters, and this is 2020. I've been Tyler. I've been Jay. And this is Roughing the Pastor. Because there have been uh, a pretty big event that has happened for us. And, I mean, to be fair, I do want everyone to appreciate this. We avoided talking about Star Wars for a very long time. Sure did. Think of how much we've talked about Star Wars in the last month. We had not talked about Star Wars at all in this podcast. Yeah. That's how much we wanted to talk about it. <laughs> you could have been getting this the whole time. We tried to spare we're gonna, you all. We're going to step away from it for quite a while. Yeah, we'll, we need to fast. We'll mention the Mandalorian from here to there, but oh, that's already yeah. over. How about that? Yeah. It's over? Yeah. Oh, wow. Remember how yeah. there, it's only eight episodes I- in this season? <laughs> Yeah, totally do. I did not see that coming. Yeah. But uh, uh, I'm excited wow. for season two. Great ending. Yeah. Oh, uh, it's so great that I can't even talk about it. No, no, I can't. <laughs> can't bring myself to go into the details. Uh, it's of almost that. like I forgot everything about it. Um, so, but but one thing that has been a trend in movies, especially for the past like decade, is a thing called the reboot. Yes. Um, so, which can't come fast enough for the DC universe. <laughs> Um, uh, just get it over with. Pull the plug. So the reboot, and there's a there's different um, categories of reboot. There's the hard reboot, yep. which is just a straight up, nothing happened before this. Yep. Uh, we are starting completely over. And then there's the more traditional soft reboot, yep. which is more akin to like Doctor Who, how Doctor Who, every time they get a new Doctor, it just kind of resets the show, but yep. it still exists within the uh, reality of the show that we was talked before. about the J.J. Abrams Star yeah, Trek Star Trek which yeah. which is both a hard and soft reboot at the same time because right. they, they created this great alternate timeline so here's my question for you what yeah. is your um, this is kind of a secondary question mm-hmm. because we already had our question what is your favorite um, property that has been re- who, do, who has rebooted the best and conversely who has rebooted the worst yeah I um, what's a glow up and what's a downgrade the person that reboots in my world, movie-wise, most is Spider-Man. Oh, jeez. They cannot they, stop rebooting Spider-Man. No, they just constantly... and They're that's, obsessed with rebooting Spider-Man. Yeah. Uh, so it starts with Tobey Maguire, which is a great Spider-Man universe, until you get to Spider-Man 3. Yeah. And... Whew. Have you revisited the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man in a long time? I mean, they remind years? me of an era bygone. Because I feel... I'm not sure how well they would hold up. I mean, that was a legitimate question. I, no. Because I liked the first two when they came out. I'm not sure to look at them now how strong they would be they they remind me of the the chris reeves superman yeah those the, don't hold up very well not especially they're still good but uh, right. they're like oh these are so quaint well if you put that in like a genre uh, a sub-genre of superhero movies yeah 
then yes, Spider the first two Spider Man are great in yeah. that. And th- at that point, that was really all we knew. Yeah, we didn't have Batman Begins. We didn't have well, the interesting thing too is that Batman, the Tim Burton Batman, holds yeah. up really well. Yes, it does. Which I am, well, I would not have expected that. Now it holds up as a Tim Burton movie. Yeah, right. It's, like when you watch it now, you're it's way more of a Tim Burton movie than you ever realized. But it's still a really well done, super entertaining. It's the only the third movie he made. Yeah, he made. Uh, Pee Wee's Big Adventure, <laughs> then Beetlejuice, yeah, then, then Batman. Batman. That's a crazy thing. Uh, Jimmy and I were talking, Jimmy Dykstra, uh, friend of the show. About movies? You're kidding. We were talking about movies, and I challenged him just out of the blue. I said, come up with a list of the best third movie by directors. Wow. And boy, that was a terrible question because it's agonizing trying <laughs> to figure out. And then we have to quote, like, what's technically this person's third movie? Right. But we found that like a lot of people have really, really strong third movies. And yeah. Tim Burton's third movie is Batman. So anyway, Spider-Man. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Tobey Maguire goes crazy uh, after the third movie. Well, not Tobey Maguire didn't go crazy, but that universe just yeah. imploded. Boy. Uh, so they reboot with Andrew Garfield. Yeah. Harsh take. Yeah. I like those movies. I have not seen them. I think they're great. Yeah, we talked about this a little bit during the MCU stuff. Yeah. yeah. They're very different. They have a very different tone. Yeah. Uh, but and this this is where you I heard could, the second one's not very good. Right? Second one's okay. The yeah. first one's really good. The okay. second one's like eh. I like Andrew Garfield. Yeah, he's in that movie uh, about Facebook. Yeah, I've yeah. heard of that. Yeah, yeah. Um, he's a little bit too cool to be Peter Parker. So, but the studio and this is a, we could talk about this too. I think those movies failed more not because of the creative direction, but because they just weren't doing well at the box office. Yeah, they the first one did pretty enough, well, didn't it? It did okay. Yeah. But again, now we're starting to see the rise of Marvel, and yeah. And well, and Sony's so desperate to try to make a big thing out of that. They yeah, have not. They're succeeded. not going to get there. Yeah. Uh, so they reboot again, and this time they fold into the Marvel universe. Yeah. And honestly, Tom Holland, he's fantastic, is killing it. I still have not seen either of those standalone Star Wars or Batman Spider Man movies. They're really good. I have. I own them. As a youth pastor, <laughs> you should see them. I know. They're like That's really what you said last time too. Yeah, and I love him in uh, Endgame and Infinity War and Civil War. He's fantastic, and I just know that I'm going to love him. I still haven't watched yeah. him. <laughs> it yeah. doesn't make any sense. Uh, so I think those are the most glaring, obvious reboots. Yeah. Uh, out there in my world in the in the superhero genre. Yeah, um, I think that the best, the best and worst reboot. I mean, to keep with the superhero genre is Batman. Yeah, they're constantly I mean, rebooting Batman. They are constantly, not quite as fast as they are with Spider-Man, but they, because they went 89, uh, Batman, uh, just Batman, into, I think, 91 Batman for, Batman Returns, which is a Christmas movie. Yeah. Uh, yes, it is. That, yeah, to, to follow back that to that, to that last week. Um, <laughs> yeah. And then um, into Batman Forever, I think is the third one. And then Batman and Robin is the fourth one. Yeah. And when you get to Batman forever and Batman and Robin, they are terrible. They're They're directed by Joel Schumacher and they're just terrible. Yeah. And then, and I think the last one was like 96. Yeah. So we go only um, maybe nine years. Was it 2005? I think Batman begins comes out. Yeah. Um, it was close enough that when it came out, everybody was kind of like, really? We're doing that again? Yeah. yeah. But far enough away is like, oh, that's dead. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, it was very clearly dead. But at the same time, it, it had become a joke. Like, the Batman, even the filmmakers like, oh, Batman's fun. We're just doing this. Blah, blah, blah. They didn't take it seriously. And it really bothered me because I was, Batman was always my favorite character. Yeah. And, uh, like, 
uh, as we talked about ad nauseum. But the 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 Christopher Nolan and I loved Christopher Nolan from Memento, and I was super excited about it. And he his take on it was so great. And then and and he finished a trilogy which worked out really well. Even the third one's good. It's I think it's hampered by. I think Heath Ledger was supposed to be a big part of that last movie. Yeah, and then Heath Ledger dies, and then he stops for a while and kind of tries to reevaluate what's going to be. And then they reboot with Batman versus Superman, (sighs) and it gets to what what, I'll I'll hold off on this because we do need to actually talk about that when we get we're we're taking a hiatus for movies despite this current conversation. Yeah, we will full on uh, dip into the Marvel universe uh, or the the DC cinematic universe at some point. Because and if you thought I was angry about the star Wars prequels, boy, it's a mess. And also I think that uh, I really owe it to Jay to go into his Avenue of expertise because we've spent a lot of time on some things that I, I, I don't know very much about the DC universe <sighs> in terms of cinematic stuff. Cause I read the comics when I was a kid and I really liked that, but I yeah. am not interested in the movies. Uh, but the, the way the direction they've taken has gone from dark and, authentic to dark and stupid yeah. <laughs> and and it's yes. real interesting how the tone like just that subtle shift of tone really ruins it now one of the things with the reboot though is the sense that that what this property is good enough uh i mean from a commercial standpoint there's still money in batman so we're gonna reboot no it. kidding and guess what you know what's coming out in 2021 batman a new batman yeah. starring cedric diggory dracula yeah <laughs> that is that not right? No, he's not Dracula. He's uh, Which Edward, one is he? Edward Cullen. Yeah, sure. From uh, uh, Twinkles. That was the first time as a youth pastor, uh, Twilight. Twilight. I yeah. just no, I'm not participating. Oh in man, this. I have I don't not. Want anything to no do one with asked it. me to participate in it. I have long wanted to watch the Twilight movies in reverse, like me, starting with the last one and the, and try to figure it out because I don't, I don't, I kind of know the plot, but I don't really. Uh, and then I've uh, thought it'd be even funnier. Uh, I thought it'd be more interesting to do the Fast and the Furious ones in reverse. Because uh, I've heard from several people, they're real dumb, but they're very enjoyable. Like Michael Bay movies. That's fair. And it would be interesting to watch them in reverse because I don't think the plot really matters. But it I, really doesn't. I think it would be fun to watch them become less superhero movies. Because yeah. I think that's the one crit- critique that I've heard is that they become more and more ridiculous. Uh-huh. Uh, and over the top. And like bonkers. Bonkers fun. It goes from Grand Theft Auto to Saints Row. If you... Uh, uh, are down with the Xbox 360 games. Hey, oh. Anyway, the uh, the whole point is like this: this Hollywood loves a reboot, mm-hmm. and whether it's turning movies into um, series, like there's a lot of Netflix series that are based on movies. Mm-hmm. Whether turning, especially, not only Hollywood loves a movie uh, uh, a reboot, but you know who really loves a reboot is Broadway. Oh yeah. Oh man, Broadway. Every it seems like all of the top money makers are based on movies in yeah. recent years. They will take a movie, even a, or they just reverse that that trend. Cats is out now. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It almost never works the other way. Yeah, it, well. sometimes it does. I mean, like Mama Mia made a lot of money. Yeah, uh, which is a musical based on ABBA. Like uh, those are, yeah. So even that's kind of a reboot ish. Yeah, and so. You've got a lot of, and that has always been the case because like Peter Pan, well, I guess Peter Pan was a, a play first. Yeah. But you've got uh, a lot of musicals that were like Les Miserables mm-hmm. based on a novel, then turned into a musical, then turned into a movie. Yep. 
and then and then reboot it as a musical. I mean, even a revival is kind of a reboot. Like, yeah. In the theater, reboots make more sense because every time you have a new cast, it's a refreshing of a of a show. Yeah. So rebooting in that sense, like I I am not. Uh, uh, a lot of times people get real critical about the reboot culture of like, oh, we've run out of ideas. And it's like, no, we've kind of always done that. And we just spent a whole lot of time talking about Star Wars over the last month. And Star Wars, uh, if you want to get cynical, Star Wars steals from lots of things. Uh, it steals a lot from like Dune and Kurosawa and other things. Or you can say it borrows and mm-hmm. kind of uh, it's a synthesis of a lot of different um varied cultural understandings particularly joseph campbell's here with a thousand faces this this understanding of here is the popular um the way all great myths and stories follow this one classic paradigm of the hero's journey and george lucas very intentionally hit all those beats and then to his credit i know we've i especially have kind of crapped on lucas a lot but to his credit lucas was made a point of saying to everybody hey you should pay attention to george or to to uh, joseph campbell and joseph campbell then got like a pbs series after that yeah and you should watch films by akira kurosawa because he's great and you should he didn't say you should read dune because they were going to sue him because he stole a lot of stuff from dune yeah uh, but th- th- just that sense of like taking cultural stuff putting it in a in a, in a new dish and making something new with it i think i think a reboot at its basic core, it, it is ultimately saying, okay, plan A didn't work. Yeah. But there are elements of plan A that we think are salvageable. Yeah. That if we just, if we take the essentials out of this. Yeah. And put it over here. Yeah. Uh, and try this new spin on it. Yeah. Maybe. And we maybe, can fix the things that don't work. Yeah. And maybe it did work and then it kind of went off the rails. Right. And some of the worst reboots, the least successful reboots are when it worked really well and it was perfect in and of itself. And then we're just going to pick it back up like 30 years later. Yeah. Like we're going to mine an old thing that never did anything really wrong and we're going to refresh it for a new generation of kids. I'm going to say this and I I, I want to be very clear that I think this is 10 years away from being realized. I think a reboot of the original Star Wars trilogy could have some legs. Ooh. That could be interesting. Not right now. Yeah. Not in the fresh aftermath of of all the all the new stuff. But at some point to take that story and do what Lucas always wanted to do and modernize it, put more Certainly the prequels. I mean, as we oh, yeah. we spent too much time talking about it, but the prequels have a great story in there somewhere. Yeah. It's not on the screen, but it's in there somewhere. And those it'd be interesting if those were done well. Yeah. I'd be great to reboot that. Um, but and it's we, all, and again, that's that's the point, right? Yeah. Is to take the essentials of something that like this could have been something yeah. and just wasn't. When it comes from the notion of a computer, like uh, we're in mm-hmm. a computer culture enough that like it's still even today with as as uh, sophisticated as our computers have gotten, that is always a solution of like, did you turn it? Did you try turning it off and turning it back on? Let me tell you something. I am. And my official job title is associate pastor for youth, contemporary worship and media. Yeah. Which means that as the young guy, I am in charge of anything that plugs into a wall around here. Yeah. I think 90% of that third of my job description, whatever the math lines up there, is turn it off and yeah. turn it back on. Unplugging it from the wall. That's it. Yeah. That's the whole thing. Just turn it off. Well, and it's something. And, turn it back and, on. And there's a good lesson in that. The computers, when they get fouled up, sometimes they just get too worked up. Yep. They're trying to do too much at once. You just need to shut the whole thing down and start it over. Yep. And usually that fixes the problem. Sometimes it's your phone. Sometimes it's your computer. Sometimes it's 
I don't know, whatever other technology you have. Yeah. Uh, but that the the sense of so the reason why we're talking about this right now is obviously we're right up on New Year's. Yep. And this is the time where people make their resolutions. resolutions. Yeah. Which is an interesting thing. I mean, because we get new calendars, we think now I'm going to get a new life. Um, there's no bad time to do resolutions. No. Uh, probably the worst time to do resolutions is New Year's Eve because uh, they're so rushed. And you, <laughs> oh shoot, I forgot. And it, it feels there's some statistic about how like gym memberships go up by like 200 percent in January, and most of those people like the worst time to be in a gym is the first couple weeks of January because a ton of people are there, but by February everybody's gone. Yep. I specifically take the first two weeks of January off so do of I. any sort of cycling yeah, prep. I also do that. Because it's just insane in that gym. Yeah. Uh, and then, by again, by about mid-January, it calms back down to normal. Yeah, I really um, try to stay away from every gym I can throughout January yeah. and the rest of the year. No, actually, I think um, to the point of, like, there's no perfect – there's no rhyme or reason about New Year's. Yeah. It just seasonally makes sense. Yeah. I actually do it uh, – at January, I do – kind of like recraft goals for the coming year. Yeah. September is my other one. Yeah. Cause I, well, that's I think the real kind of start of our year in terms of the regular life, like especially right. in youth ministry, but most of the, like even the TV schedule reboots Yeah, in September. It's September. In yeah. The fall. It, yeah. It, yeah. That just seems to be when we all kind of, so like August is a time to, for me to just kind of sit down and look at what are we rebooting? Yeah. Um, well, and that's a, I, it, the, from a, personal kind of spiritual standpoint like it it's a refreshing and important to take time to see like what's going on here what do we need to fix mm-hmm. and what what am i doing that is good but i'm not doing it well like what do i need to reorient and that's what so there's a word an overused word in the church a repent yes and repent is a word that literally just means to change yep that is the definition of repent. It doesn't mean confess your sins and commit your life to Christ and make a pray this prayer and make a personal re- commitment to Jesus Christ to be your personal Lord and Savior. It's not that. No. I mean, it's not not that. I mean, it could be that, but it, that's not what it means. It just means to change. Yeah. I love the uh, our, the official Bible translation of Roughing the Pastor, the Common English Bible. I love the Common English Bible. Translated as change your hearts and minds. Yes, which is a better translation. That's yep. really what it means. And it and so you can repent of all kinds of. It doesn't mean that now you have your life figured out. It just means the way you were doing things is not the best way to do things. Mm-hmm. So stop doing it that way. And I think uh, oh change man. your hearts and minds. Yeah. And I think so critical to this is, um, and this is a, a word that in certain Christian circles gets a little buzzwordy, but I think here especially it really applies is this idea of naming. Yep. Um, you know, like to reboot a movie franchise and just say, well, that didn't work. What do you want to do? Oh, let's just do it again. Yeah. It was the wrong actor. No. We need George Clooney instead of Al Kilmer. Right. Yeah. No, that's not it. Uh, there, there's a process by which you kind of have to sit down and name what's not working. Yeah. Um, and, and that's not like total life crisis not working, no, right? Like no. even just little things of like, I don't like this yeah. habit, this you know, thing I've fallen yeah. into. I'm tired all the time. We'll stop going to bed at one thirty in the morning. Right. Yeah. And, and, and there's a process to sit down and actually kind of do some self-examination and say, what are those things? Yeah. And tied to that is, like we said in the movie reboot, keep the essentials, like also name the stuff that does work. Yeah. Uh, Why should we make another Batman movie? Because Batman is a really interesting character that has right. a lot of rich stuff. Why should you continue to be you? Because you're an interesting character that has a lot of rich stuff. 
maybe just the things about your life that aren't going well are things that can be adjusted. Yeah. It's not you. You're not the problem. Yeah. Yours is a good story. We could just tell it better if you just kind of change, tweak some yeah. things. And I think that's the problem uh, uh, on two sides of Christianity. The, the, the reason reboot doesn't happen much is because people are reluctant to do either of those things. Yeah. Either it's all you're a horrible sinner, miserable person. You need to change your life yeah. all the time yeah. and never celebrates the good or is so plucky, optimistic, happy go lucky that never recognizes the bad. Mm hmm. It's both, right? You have to sit down with both and say, okay, what do I like about what's going on and what do I not like about what's going on? Well, and also repentance is a process. Yeah. I mean, it's just like a reboot is a process. Uh, it's a, it's a, it's not something that you just like, okay, I'm done. Like it's, it's to quit smoking or to quit doing something bad. Like you don't just quit smoking. Like even people who quit cold turkey, like it's not just like, now I never have a craving again. Every day. One of the things I have really appreciated about folks I've known who've gone through Alcoholics Anonymous is that they aren't saying I'm never going to drink again for the rest of my life. They're saying I'm not going to drink today. Yeah. And that, and they count it by days at first and then they count it by years. And and so like, I've been sober for this many years. I've been somebody for, for this many. And if you fall off the wagon, you just get back on yep. and then you're just worrying about today. Yep. And like, I get my 30 day chip, I get my year chip, I get my all, the, all these things that again, I have no real personal connection with, but just I think that there is something in the 12 step programs about repentance mm -hmm. uh, in the literal sense of changing hearts and minds and changing your actions that is refreshing and important that we don't have access to outside of those things. And so when we make resolutions like I want to lose 30 pounds and like we're like, but I don't want to change anything. I still right. like eating all the stuff that I do and I maybe I'll change by adding this extra thing. And sometimes that makes a difference. But sure. if you still live your life focus around when you can have your next like big mac uh or uh i feel mocha, accused. mocha frappuccino i feel even like. more accused yeah yeah <laughs> like that but i mean if that's uh if you aren't going to make some of those changes then you're going to either have to change other significant things or you're just never going to you're going to live your life failing the the resolutions that you made that that's Absolutely. one of the hardest things about this time of year is that you're making resolutions that are unrealistic and and the fuel behind all that is grace right yeah. i think resolutions fail us twice yeah all in the same swing yep a most of us that resolve to lose 30 pounds aren't going to make it till january no. 15th in the no. gym yeah so you failed at the resolution yeah but then with that comes a feeling of i'm a failure yeah uh and so like, i might as and this is who i am so i might as well just eat more big mics right and it it, it, it it's you twice um the the only way repentance works is that there's grace yeah. to begin with that you don't have some sort of box office you're beholden to um failure is part of the human experience and like god's okay with it yeah um, well and the grace the difference with grace is to like we associate grace and forgiveness as the same thing and even more so we we associate forgiveness and reconciliation as the same thing and what i mean by that is that reconciliation is really when everything is fine yeah uh, forgiveness is when you have let go of the the need to pay someone back the need for revenge for whatever pain they've caused you um change grace is just when you have been forgiven and relieved of some kind of cost regardless like uh, unrelated to your actions yeah and most of the time we have resolutions where we set i need to lose 30 pounds and there, and so I start thinking in my head, I am not going to be a fully actualized person. I'm not going to be the best version of Tyler. 
until I lose 30 pounds. Yeah. And when I don't lose 30 pounds, what have I already told myself? I am not the best version of Tyler. And so I have not given myself the, the grace that comes through repentance through, through God is not, Hey, when you lose those 30 pounds, boy, I'm going to be so excited about you. No. Now it's not to say that we shouldn't lose 30 pounds, but our value doesn't come by achieving the goals that we've set. Our value comes by accepting the, that God has given us value where we are. Yeah. And then when we pursue these, these repenting actions, these changes in our lives, that shouldn't be so I love myself more. It's so I can be healthier. So I can be more present. Like I, I want to lose, uh, if I want to get in shape, it, I shouldn't get in shape just so I look good naked. That's a right. terrible reason to do it, but it's the primary reason why people do it. Yeah, no I want to look good in a bathing suit or whatever like that, but I should be in better shape so that I'm not winded when I go up the stairs <laughs> or so that I can play around with my kids for more than 15 minutes before I need to sit down Right, like that. Uh, and those are kind of stupid, dumb things, but especially getting older, those are things, or I, I mean, I, I would like to spend less time on my phone so that I, uh, pay attention to people when they're visiting or I would like, like there's all kinds of little things that if it's just about because I want to be a better person, then when you fail at those things, then you're admitting you're kind of accepting the alternate narrative, which is I'm therefore not a good person. Right. I, I, I'm quite sure I've used this analogy on the podcast before because, again, one trick pony. <laughs> um, but do you remember the game genie? Yeah. Uh, Game Genie is the best. Yeah. For those of you that are a younger generation, Game Genie, when you had the Nintendo with the cartridges. Yeah. The Game Genie was this like adapter cartridge that went on the back of these games and they gave you access to cheat codes, one of which was like eternal life, right? Yeah. So if you're playing Mario and Brothers. And it was like different codes for each one, but right. th- there was some of them like that, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so like if you're playing Mario Brothers and you're running around and you fall off a cliff, Game Genie just comes and puts you right back yeah. where you left off as if great. nothing had ever happened. so great. I can't come up with a better analogy for what grace is. Um that failure is not detrimental to the project. Um, you know, if you fail to to succeed at goal X, Y, or Z, God's still got you and puts you right back where you were and dusts you off, which isn't, I think the cheap grace is to say that you would just jump off the same cliff again and again and again. Yeah. Oh, it doesn't matter. God's going to forgive me anyway, so yeah. let's just keep living it. Yeah. No, like this is the freedom to live into the kinds of resolutions and changes and yeah. and self-actualization that you want to yeah knowing that if you fail okay yeah pick up try again and try that differently you will fail yeah that's a like grace is a great gift because it accepts that we need it yeah like it's not like grace is there for just the people who need it but you probably shouldn't and that's kind of the the terrible story that we tell in the church is yep. we imply that like grace is for sinners and as we were talking <laughs> about before it's like there are some, there are sinners and then there are sinners. Right. No. And no, not for God. God is like, yeah, you're all terrible. Yeah. <laughs> but I love you Great anyway. Great news. Yeah. And so I'm going to give you this grace, whether you are ready for it or not, it's here. And, um, that like your, your ability to recognize that allows you to play the game right. more freely with reckless abandon Yeah. to say, you know, okay, yeah. failure is going to be a part of it, but it's not going to be detriment. Yeah. And even just in terms, I'm going to go back to resolutions. Maybe I didn't lose those 30 pounds, but I lost 10. Yeah. And I do feel a lot better when I wake up like that. Or I lost five like that. Or I lost nothing, but I don't get winded when I go up and down stairs. Yeah, I can, right. I, and I, I go to bed earlier and I wake up without having to have coffee or something like that. Like I'm, I'm less irritable than I used to be like that. Those changes, that repentance, those, those 
adjustments to your life that can make the story better are yeah. often just simple little things. It's just that we have so many tiny little things that we want to change that it seems undoable. Well, and that's, that's I was going to follow up with that too. It doesn't always have to be a hard reboot. No. You don't have to shut the whole thing down. No. To, to get at some of these goals that you yeah. have for yourself, right? Like sometimes it can be as simple as I don't want, I want to go out this year and buy a legitimate alarm clock because I'm tired of the first thing I do in the morning. Being, looking at your phone. Looking at my phone. Yeah. Uh, like it, it, it's terrible. Yeah. Uh, and I do it every morning. And like that does not require, you know, some sort of big four day spiritual retreat yeah, in silence yeah. to reboot my whole system. It's, I don't like looking at Twitter first thing in the morning. Yeah. But it's hard not to when the screen is right there and the, and the, the notifications right. popped up. Right. So I'm going to go get like, you know, one of those plug into the wall actual alarm clocks. Yeah. So that that's not the first thing I look at every yeah. morning. Uh, yeah. You know, like, Little things like that that put you closer on the path of who you want to be. There's a little thing. So the, uh, there's an actor. Uh, he was in Monty Python. An uh, actor named Michael Palin. Uh, he's one of the guys in Monty Python. Uh, mm. And uh, he um, has uh, a series of books. When I stay up late at night, I'll go on the library website and just reserve a bunch of books. <laughs> and then I'll jump to the library. And I don't think like I've 30, ever heard a nerdier thirty sentence. books for yeah. me. Yeah, uh, the <laughs> library lo- like they know they know my library card number. <laughs> so I walk in and just like here you go, Tyler. I had a literal crate of books last time I was there, and it's always on weird topics. Like the one time they're like, "Are you doing a research project on prints?" Nope. It's like, nope. I was just like one in the morning, <laughs> and I thought, I wonder if there's any good books on prints. Oh, here's a bunch. I will reserve them all. Yeah. And sometimes they come like trickle in over a couple of months, which is really fun. And sometimes they just come all at once. Like not a whole, there's not a big rush on Prince books right now. No. So I got everyone that the public library of, of Pittsburgh has. <laughs> um, but I had gotten a bunch of books on Michael Palin. Cause I was just like, Oh yeah, Michael Palin. I like him. And he had written these three books that are just his diaries. And they're <laughs> his diaries from 1969 to 1979 when he was in Monty Python from 1980 to 1989 when he was acting in these Hollywood movies. And then from 1990 to 98, when he was doing these travel videos for the BBC, like he did a bunch of, and they're like around the world in 80s where he literally just went around the world in 80 days and yeah. like filmed it. And they're really engaging, really fun. You can get them at your library. Although I have that? them all checked out in Pittsburgh right now. <laughs> but um, not right now. So in Give those Tyler three books, they were literally just his job. Like he said, starting the weird thing is like the month before Monty Python started, I just decided to start journaling. Mm. And I just wrote in a diary every day and I just, and it wasn't, it wasn't time for reflection or anything. It was just kind of saying, here's what happened. And, and invariably reflection got in there, mm-hmm. but it's, and I've done it and I did it stubbornly. Like yeah. he said, he it coincided with the time that he stopped smoking. Like he was looking for a cigarette. He was with another Monty Python guy. They were, and he was like, I want a cigarette before I go to bed. And he couldn't find any of the guy. Terry Gilliam was the other guy and saying, boy, you're obsessed with smoking. He's like, no, I just want one. He's like, no, you're obsessed with it. You're going to go down. <laughs> and and uh, then so stubbornly, he didn't have one that night. And then he didn't have it in the morning because he hadn't gotten any. And then he didn't ever smoke again. Yeah. And I mean, to go against what we were talking about earlier, but it was still every day was a choice not right. to do it. And he replaced it with journaling. Yeah. And so he said, every day I wake up and I just write down what happened the day before. And it was a practice that I started doing. And this was a week ago. Yep. And every day I've just taken the day to just kind of record the events of the day before. And they, there's a little bit of detail that goes into it, but it's really just like, here's what happened yesterday. And it, it's a re, it's been a really good practice for me because it helps me to value. Oh, I did these things that day, even a day where it felt like I did nothing. Yeah. Like I write down, here's what we had for dinner and here's the show that I watched with the kids or here's like an interesting thing that happened. And, um, 
even that, like just sometimes it's taking something on that's not, it's just, that's a time where I'm not on my phone in the morning and creating a space for introspection. I've missed a couple of days and then had to go back and that's been really frustrating. Yeah. But it's still, it's a practice that I'm trying to keep up. And if I don't, it doesn't mean I'm a bad person, but it's been one way of trying to be present in the moment uh, and to reflect, like to acknowledge what happened each day. Cause yeah. one of the harder things about getting older um, is that every day kind of just blends together yeah. and then the years blend together. And uh, like people talk about that, but it really is true. And, and from a, I mean, relative relativity standpoint, each year is a smaller percentage of our overall life, the older yeah. you get. So when you're five, a year is like, that's a fifth of your life, 20% yeah. of your whole life. So it's huge. When you're 40, it's a 40th of your life. Yeah. So, it's not that big a deal. Yeah. I, um, on that note too, like practices made me think of, uh, you know, journaling is one of my practices, but like I had been talking with a spiritual director about how I'm not writing songs anymore the way I used to. Uh, and she was like, just write something. I was like, okay. So I've been every day writing lyrics to songs and nice. I think this is key to the whole reboot and, and, um, and, and, uh, practices discussion is the first five I've done. I've been doing it for five days. Suck. Yeah. I will never let them see the light of day. Yeah. They're awful. They're terrible. They're miserable. I've also never been happier. Nice. To do it. Right. Yeah. Like there's and this... writing a bad, writing 10 bad songs to get to one good song. Yeah. Is better than writing no songs. And, and maybe there's something redeeming in these. Maybe I'll go back and grab a line or two or a theme that I was playing and maybe, with. But and pull also up. maybe the redemption was just getting those bad ideas out of your head. I was going to say the, the, yeah. the idea that like you have to do every practice or every new habit or every resolution perfectly all the time yeah. is actually garbage. Like there's something oh, yeah. about the process that is freeing. Even if it sucks, yeah. Even if it's just terrible, yeah. Uh, there's something redemptive and, and beautiful in that. So, like again, I'm harping on failure, but like, well, and it brings back that the Andrew Garfield reboot brings us to the Tom Holland reboot. Like yeah. you don't you don't go from Tobey Maguire to um, Tom Holland. Right. Like you need something Tony needs middle. to fail again to realize like, oh, maybe we should partner with these Marvel. Like, yeah. Just doing something is always better than doing nothing. Hundred percent. If, if you're doing something that is trying to improve. Even if you fail at that, that's going to get you closer to a place where you can do some sort of change that will make a difference. Yeah. Two artists who did kind of that same thing mm -hmm. that are worth pointing out. One is They Might Be Giants. We talked a lot about They Might Be Giants uh, several a long time this summer. Uh, but They Might Be Giants did one tour where they just they made a promise to themselves that every show they did they would write a song specifically about that show. <laughs> yeah. And so they would and they some of them they wrote ahead of time. Some of them, and they were about the city and or the the venue that they were playing in and it was like they did like 50 some stops and so they had to write 50 new songs and sometimes they wrote it on the day and you could tell and they and then they put out uh, an album of all the songs uh -huh. and it's great and some of them you, they really sound like they're written an hour before they put it on yeah and some of them are really well produced but it's one it shows the talent of these bands it put pressure on the band to have this tour and they've been a band for 30 years and uh for them to do something unique and new there's another guy named Jonathan Colton, hmm. um, who is, if you listen to pop culture, happy hour on NPR, he is like the studio or the, the house musician there. Jonathan Colton is great. He, uh, highly recommend listening to Jonathan Colton. He's got like a lot of online albums. They're funny. Uh, there's a song called re your brains, which is about <laughs> zombies, uh, attacking. And then there's my favorite song by Jonathan Colton called, uh, the future soon. It's a, it's about, uh, falling in love with a girl and then telling the story about how in the future she will love you. And it's, it's like sci-fi. And I, 
at a church uh, talent show. I was at the church that had talent shows, and I was told all the pastors were supposed to do something, and then I I was the only one who did something. But I sang this song. <laughs> Uh, I you, was, got, yeah, you got Tyler yourself. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but I, I sang the song as though it was to Adrian and it was like, I wrote this song about my wife. It's really funny. Uh, cause it's, a, it's just a funny song. But anyway, he did a thing called thing a week where he just mm. made a promise to himself. I'm going to write a brand new song every week. And he put them out and he said, some of them are real easy and some of them were really hard. And, and then he put out an album of every single song. Yeah. So rather than doing every one every day, but he like had had to come up with a song every week, and there was a couple that he kind of cheated where it was like a cover, but still he <laughs> still. had he had fifty two songs, fifty two produced, yeah, released songs at the end of the thing. Well, again, it's it, we get so pro, we get so um, what's the word I want to say, so results driven. Yeah, um, we get so tied up in did I produce the thing yeah. I wanted to. Um, that again, because we care about the product instead right. of the process. Right. That yeah. that I, you know, again, five songs deep and not even songs, just lyrics. Like yeah. I haven't written a note yet. Yeah. Um, these are terrible. Yeah. But they're causing me to flex mental muscles yeah. that haven't been flexed in a while. To the point that today I started thinking about, oh, what if I did something about this and that like tying these themes together? And what if I did a song like that? And I still don't have anything to show for it. But starting that process has allowed me to like, oh, right, that's what I used to do is connect this yeah. piece to that piece and well, try to come up with. It's also something about like uh, making you feel alive. Like yeah. it's, it's like there's nothing about your job or I think about your trajectory that makes you feel like this is going to be an album that I'm going to sell and people like lots of people are going to buy it. No. But that's a lot of a lot of times we do things for the sake of it being Mass, massively popular or understood or heard and if it's not going to be then why do it right or it will make me successful in whatever and your job does not require you to write songs nope uh you don't anticipate writing the song that will make you a million dollars and or like that's it would be, be nice, nice. Yeah, yeah but that's but that's not the reason why you're doing <laughs> no. it no. you're doing it because it makes you feel alive no and i think when you are doing it for those reasons that like the you're just going to beat your head to yeah, the wall. Yeah. Uh, well, and what, I mean, say. it gets back to, we were talking about this beforehand is like, we've been doing this podcast now for, this is, I think the 42nd episode, something like that, 43rd. Yeah. Um, and we've just kind of committed to putting no one out every week. We haven't missed yet. Yeah. Uh, I really am surprised we haven't missed yet. I was going to say, we've come close a we've couple times. We've come very yeah. close. Uh, <laughs> but, but uh, it's been just something that We've just kind of committed to it, and it's it's one. It's dramatically deepened our friendship. No kidding. We were good friends before this, but not real deep friends. We were just like two people who liked each other and wanted yeah. to spend more time together. And now, I mean, a huge percentage of our relationship has been on record. Uh, <laughs> that's what were we doing the other day that we were like, oh wow, it's weird to have a conversation that's not yeah. being recorded. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and it's and but it's fun, and it's fun to share that with people. It's fun to just make a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's not always about the product, but it's sometimes it's nice to just make a thing. Yeah. And it, uh, we, again, we, we put this out because we want people to hear it, but it's not, if this never becomes more than what it is, and even if it becomes less than what it is, even if less people listen, I still love doing it. Yeah. Uh, and I, it, to me, it's like a diary that I can look back on this, some of these conversations we had. Uh, but it's nice to be able to have, in a sense, have conversations with you, the listener, like that. Jay and I could just get together and, and meet every week, which would be awesome. But it's yeah. nice to have these conversations that we know other people are taking part in. Well, that's some that, that's where sometimes the results thing can drive something, right? Yeah. Like we yeah, yeah. wouldn't get together every week. We'd come up with excuses if we didn't have exactly. something. Yeah, we have to. We have a have to have a reason. Yeah, we have a thing pushing us to it. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, and I wouldn't sit and reflect on my day if I wasn't writing it down. Right. 
and by writing it down i'm i'm making note of it. It, it you wouldn't go work out if it if you didn't have a place to go work out like if it's right. just like be healthy like it's harder to just walk even though it's way cheaper like we basically almost everything in the gym you can do outside you can do on your own yeah. yeah and if i mean you go ride a stationary bike and you have your own bike i know that you can't really winter ride very well but right. you still can, oh yeah gym is yeah. convenience yeah. yeah and and so much of our life is kind of waiting for that convenience and some and there's nothing wrong with convenience as long as you utilize it in a way that to do the thing right. like it, it, it can be an accountability thing yeah so anyway we we are that's part of the grace that god has for us part of our story is that we are people of change yep constantly and that, and that yeah that change is perpetual it is uh, and that's a big thing that uh, that's what i was getting close to at one point that the church kind of acts like repentance is a, a, a making a decision <sighs> and then you're in yeah and then if you fall away then you're out and then you got to recommit and no it's not the New Year's resolution that we kind of make every year. This year, I'm going to lose 30 pounds. Oh, I didn't do it. So I guess I'm going to have to wait until next year. Like right we, I got to wait until we come around the horn and I get on, hop on in January. We've talked about this before, but like people who ask, like, when did you accept Christ or when did Jesus save you? It's like, yeah. well, what time is it? Because like a minute ago. Yeah. You know, like it's a constant every yeah. day. And 2,000 years ago. Like right. Like, when, I always like it. When did you understand that Jesus saved you? Like, uh, I'll let you know when I get there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I mean, it's coming to realize that God loves you in the yeah. midst of it. And God's love is an, one of the beautiful things about uh, Jesus and the Beatitudes and the Sermon on the Mount is that, um, and we we have this, uh, don't, don't worry about tomorrow, Matthew 5. Yeah. Don't worry about tomorrow because tomorrow has enough worry of its own. Instead, like focus on Be today. Be right here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and sufficient unto the day is the evil therein is the uh, King James, which is, I think is a beautiful thing, which is saying each day has enough trouble of its own. Yep. Like just worry about today. Just think about today, like a 12 step program. And today, today is the day I'm not going to do the thing that I don't want to do. I'm just going to try to not, and, or I am going to do the thing that I've always wanted to do. Yeah. And if you don't do it tomorrow, it doesn't mean you can't like just get on the horse every day and, and do your best. And if you fail today, that's okay. Totally. You're going to fail sometime. Yeah. But failing today doesn't mean that you can't do it again tomorrow. Repentance is a lifestyle and rebooting and kind of this time that we're reflecting on the things that we want to change about our life. Don't put it into such a perspective that it is guaranteed to fail and therefore make you feel worse by yourself, which is usually the, the trap we fall into. And the church yeah. doesn't do a great job. No. If anything, we feel it. Yeah, we do. Yeah. But God loves you anyway. So true. So knowing that you have that love, uh, here's my Twitter question. I, I will accept uh, even the day of, but would prefer not January 1st responses for this. What are your one day resolutions? Oh, so not for a year. Yeah. Uh, not for, you know, a week yeah. or a month or whatever. Like one day, uh, just start a day with, I resolve to be more generous, be yeah. more kind, whatever your, whatever your thing is. Yeah. And just give us a day. And I would say, like, I mean, tr those are good, too, but also the more tangible it is. Because yeah, it's like, yeah, I yeah. resolve to be nice. What does that mean? Yeah. Like, I resolve to, like, if you can make it something that's, I mean, quantifiable is the wrong word, but it, but it's understandable. Yeah. Like, I, today I was different this way. Uh, like, generous. Maybe I accidentally gave away, like, I gave away the rest of my pizza because I didn't want it. And so rather than giving it to the trash, I gave it to my friend. That doesn't necessarily mean you're generous. Yeah, right. It's just you were convenient. Like, one of mine lately has been, like, to not accept fine for an answer. How oh, are yeah. you? Fine. Yeah. yeah. No, no. Really. Yeah. How are you? Um, you know, something like that. Something yeah. that you can kind of point to as, like, yeah, I was intentionally doing this today. Yeah. 
I heard someone say today or uh, recently that instead of being asked, they were asked by someone not how are you doing, but what are you doing? Hmm. Like, what have you been doing today? And they said that was such an easier answer because I know I've done stuff today. Like, I have an answer to that question. <laughs> yeah. And then in the midst of answering that question, I realized, oh, I'm doing fine. Yeah. Uh, and I really can answer. Or, oh, I'm not doing fine. It's like, well, I've been working on this thing, and it's actually been very frustrating because it's not working the way. And so the answer to the follow-up question, how are you doing, would be frustrating. Yeah. But if I just if you just asked me that full, full stop, I'd just say, oh, I'm fine. Oh, I'm fine. Because really, I mean, it's not like my world's not falling apart, but I'm a little frustrated because this day is going this way. Or I just started this new book and it's really good uh, and I don't have time for it, but I'm excited for when I do have time to read it like that. So how am I doing? I'm excited. Yeah. Like, get, or I'm sleepy or hungry or anything. Yeah. So, so tell, yeah, tell us what you're going to do. One day resolutions. It's going to be fun. And uh, tell us if you have any New Year's traditions, things like that. Um, yeah. And... Uh, let us and still Merry Christmas. We're in the middle of Christmas season. We are. We are not quite to Epiphany. Yeah. We're in day eight, I think. Day seven. Yeah. Seven, seven. Counting is hard. Swans are swimming. <laughs> Never mind the yeah. geese alone. <laughs> There's six of them. Yeah. Anyway, I've been Tyler. I've been Jay. And it's been Roughing, Roughing the, the Pastor. pastor.